This is an AMI podcast. Have you ever wanted to find out some of the things we do and say on commercial breaks? Well, you're about to hear some things you've never heard before on the neutral zone. Be warned. As the saying goes on our show, you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Viewer discretion is advised. We'll do it live. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly! This the most scenic, unbelievable, is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. The neutral zone. It's good! Oh my goodness! Good morning from snowy Toronto. It is definitely snowy out there. I got calls from one of our co-hosts at 4 o'clock yesterday wondering, will we have a show if there's piles of snow? And I responded to this person, yes, of course we will have a show because we are live on AMI-audio. I will let you decide who phoned me yesterday by telling you who's in studio. Brett Wills is to my left, and Cam Jenkins is to my right, and Jeff Ryman is in the control room. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Not bad. I I love how people are saying here in Toronto that we're getting a ton of snow. And I was mentioning to Andy Frank on the Gazette earlier this morning that we're expecting 5 to 10 centimeters. (laughs) And people elsewhere, anywhere outside of Toronto, would probably just laugh and say, that's just a light dusting for us. Like, what's wrong with you guys? 5 to 10 centimeters isn't that much much snow. I mean, Newfoundland and... uh, out on the on the east coast, they're expecting potentially sixty centimeters of snow over the weekend. So That's I don't know. You do the math. As I, am. I think I'd rather take the five centimeters. <laughs> I know, but in Toronto, you know, we here have to get the um, armed forces to help yeah. us dig out uh, when that happens. And Toronto, it is a very um, closed area where there isn't a lot of uh, space to put the snow. So yeah, it's condensed. I remember when my sister actually, she got married, and it was the snowstorm when that happened. And I had to go downtown Toronto to pick up a couple of guests and to see how high the snowbanks were in Toronto. And they had no place to put the snow. And so I can understand why during, you know, that snowstorm, why it came to a standstill, because there's nowhere to put the snow when when you're in downtown Toronto. If you're in the suburbs, then you have no reason to complain. But I do understand downtown Toronto and how brutal it can be on them. Cam, I thought you were going to break into the, I had to walk uphill both ways and I was going to go. Did <laughs> Back my in the 1800s stop? when I was youngin'. Yes, sir. You got your finger up. Yeah. Full disclosure, I did call Brock, but it's only because I know how people drive in this area when there's a little bit of snow, a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind. A little bit of sunshine? And a little bit of sunshine. (laughs) So I'm not too concerned about how I'm going to get from Mississauga to here at AMI Audio. I'm more concerned about... It's always somebody else's fault. Am I, am I going to get here safely fault. because Joe Blow, Joe Dirt, John <laughs> Doe, <laughs> doesn't know how to drive very Blow well in the wind in these uh, winter conditions? So I've driven with you, Brad. I've been a passenger <laughs> in your car. 
And it was basically horrifying experience driving with you. So I wouldn't be too quick to blame other people if I were you. You might want to look in the mirror and uh, take a look at the way you drive. Your I hand. recall that. I recall that situation. It was a high pressure situation because we had to get somewhere rather quick, and I didn't leave, felt I didn't leave work in time. Can yeah, you, yeah. And can, it was uh, in traffic too. So can you imagine? Like what I'm saying here is, is that. In the dead of traffic with uh, the drivers and the cars moving so slowly, <laughs> I still was terrified of your driving, and you were hardly, like, moving at all. So, It's not my fault that I'm an aggressive driver. It's the only way to survive in the GTA when you're a driver. Brett, you had a question for Jeff this morning before we went on air. Jeff? Yes. Do you read emails? I do. So why did you not know I was going to be in studio until I wheeled in? Because if you look at the script... It says Dave. I'm it says aw- David. I, I'm, I'm aware of that. Yes. So are we blaming Brock then? Yeah, I'm blaming Brock. Fantastic. That's, That's because, perfect. Hold on. That's because, well, in fairness, I didn't look at the actual schedule that I wrote. So I get a call, full disclosure, from Dave, and he's like, um, did you not remember that I told you I was off today or this week? And I said, no. I go look at the schedule. Of course, it shows Brett and Cam, which everybody, I don't know if I sent it to Jeff, so I'm not going to blame the guy behind the glass, but everybody around this table got the same schedule who could have said to me, you know that I'm in the studio today, but no, 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 everyone just takes my word for it. The reason why I I said I I didn't know you were here, Brett, is because the email that I received for the script this week had Dave, Cam, and myself on it. No Brett. So So Brock had emailed... Um, Dave, myself, and Jeff, the script, and then you emailed the um, new segment or the new, yeah. newly named segment to the three of us, and yeah. Brett felt awful left out, and then he's saying, oh, can you email this to me, Cam? And I'm sure, and I'm like, I'll email it to your Hotmail. No, don't email it to my Hotmail. Please email it to my Yahoo. And I'm like, dude, I don't have your Yahoo account. You're going to get it in your Hotmail account. You do with it whatever you want. Oh, speaking of Yahoos, it's about time. Uh, yeah. That was a good segue. <laughs> Uh, it's just welcome to the neutral zone, folks, on this snowy Saturday. We're all here. We're all ready to deliver a good show. Coming up next, we're going to speak to Team Ontario head coach Kathy Ludwig. She's going to come on and tell us all about the Canada Games uh, coming up in February and much, much more coming up on the neutral zone. Stay with us. You're, you're Dave on the I'm script, Dave, I'm Dave. just so we know. So I'm a retired financial planner or financial advisor then? Sure. Sure. Can Whatever. you uh, please advise me as to how I should... Continue with your investments? Investments? Just give up. The, the, the province <laughs> of Australia screwed just give anyway. Up. <laughs> just give I've up. I've been uh, losing oh a lot of uh, money. <laughs> In my investments lately, and uh, not very happy about it. Oh my god! <laughs> so just give up, okay? So after the show, I'll just uh, go out and I'll play in traffic, and that's the end of that. Just play in the parking lot, Cameron. <laughs> Jeff, there's more. This cars is a segment you need to put on the podcast. <laughs> Brett just told Cam to give up on his financial <laughs> advisements.
Just give up. <laughs> now, is this give up on life or just your finance? All I said was investments. I didn't say give up on life. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Oh. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Brett Wills and Cam Jenkins. Just so you know, we've been promoting this for a while. Starting this week, we're going to have podcast extras. And I do advise you because Brett just gave Cam some some financial advice for reasons I'm not sure because he's actually Dave during this segment because on the script, Dave's name and uh, so Brett decided to give some financial advice nice. to uh, to Cam. So tune into that on the podcast. It was very funny. Um, joining us now is someone that I've known for a long time as I was coming in on the drive, and I thought to myself, wow, I just turned 28 years old, which means we've known each other for 26. Um, and she is now the coach of... Team Ontario for um, Canada Games. Kathy Ludwig, welcome to the program this morning. Thank you, Brock. It's a pleasure to be here. First of all, can you tell us about your start with uh, wheelchair basketball and then how you proceeded to now be the head coach of Team Ontario for the upcoming Canada Games? Sure. Basically, I got uh, started in parasport uh, simply because I had a son that was born with a physical disability. Um, and then round about 2010, um, I thought I saw a posting for uh, the Canada Games program and I thought maybe I could learn more about it. I really wasn't expecting to be part of the coaching staff at that time, but just to maybe get into the higher performance uh, side of things. Um, Steve Bialoas, who's a coach out of um, Variety Village, and Michael Broughton both uh, really helped me along, and I ended up being uh, one of the women in coaching uh, assistant coaches for the 2011 Games, and then was an assistant coach in 2015, and now the head coach for the 2019 team. Kathy, for those of us that are not aware, Canada Games is once every four years like the Olympics and Paralympics. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your preparation has been like since you have received the position of head coach and is the preparation any different for the first two years uh, versus years three and four? Yeah, so uh, four years ago, we started, uh, I did a little, a few visits across Ontario just to try and find out um, the uh, athletes that were playing across the province that were meeting the age criteria for uh, Canada Winter Games. And um, for the first two years of the cycle, uh, so um, four years ago and three years ago, the format is actually three on three. And we have um, Eastern Junior National Championships. So it's all the Eastern provinces get together and the Western provinces get together. And they're three on three tournaments to help all the athletes develop all the uh, skills they need in the sport. It just gets a few more touches on the basketball and then in year three, it's uh, the junior nationals were held in Quebec. So all the team, all the provinces from across the country come at that time. And then um, that past summer, this past summer, we held a, a summer camp, a residential camp. We went, we've been to a pre-games tournament out in, um, out at Red Deer. 
Um, and we've been playing in the Canadian Wheelchair Basketball League some exhibition games to get more games in. So the intensity has built up through the four years. And Kathy, uh, being the head coach and picking the team, how do you choose it? What qualities do you look for? Um, so for me, I like trust and teamwork. Um, I think if you don't have those things, you can't be successful. It doesn't take just the five people that are on the car- court or any individual. It takes 15 individuals to make a team work, 12 athletes and three coaching staff. And everybody has to learn to work together and um, trust each other. I think that makes good qualities in a team. Kathy, what are your expect- expectations for the Canada Games this year? Well, last round we finished fifth. Uh, so definitely I want to be in the medal rounds um, with a podium finish for sure. And Kathy, in your past involvement, there has been a playlist of songs, as I understand, that the players and staff have picked. Have you done that this year? And if so, um, what is your song? Yeah, actually, we have done the playlist. And it's interesting because there's a certain song Um, that always takes off and that becomes the song they have to hear before they go on the court. But we never know till we get there what that's going to be. My song this year is The Champion by Carrie Underwood. Oh, country music. I like it. it. (laughs) Are you the only person with a country music uh, song on the playlist or is there another Uh, one? No. Um, There were a couple of other. Believe it or not, the last one that got the kids going was Chicken Fried. Very Mm. interesting. Yeah. A little bit of chicken yeah. fried. And if yeah. you haven't heard Chicken Fried, for those of you out there, it's a Zach Brown band song. It's a very, very catchy song. So you've been an assistant coach for the last uh, two times around. What's the biggest difference for you being the head coach now in 2019? Uh, I think it's just there's more responsibility. You feel a little bit more of the responsibility. You have to be a little bit better organized. Um, I'm very, very fortunate because the head coach that I worked with for the past two cycles was Michael Broughton, and um, he worked very, very closely with me. Uh, So um, I learned a lot about how how to be a head coach from him. So he had great, great mentorship for myself. Kathy, obviously you expect all of your players to contribute and participate while you're at Canada Games. But who are your players to watch on your team throughout your tournament? Um, Eric Voss. This is his third uh, Canada Games, actually. He was very young the first time he uh, came, but this is his third one. He'll be somebody to watch. Um, Lee Melamick, who actually has had his first uh, a um, experience with the senior men's team last summer when he went to the World Championships. Uh, Pui San Lai, she uh, actually was part of the Women's World Championship team uh, last uh, summer as well. Um, I think those are our three that I would say. I could list everybody probably for you, but I would say those three. And Kathy, uh, what would you say um, your coaching style is like, and how do you motivate your players? Um, I try to be have a lot of... Um, good communication with the athletes so make sure that my door is always open i'm ready to speak to them and um i think that that 
I think that just makes a difference. I, I'm not a, I'm competitive, um, but I'm not an aggressive coach. And I think that makes them, I hope that makes them want to come to me to discuss um, any problems or anything that will happen. In in some situations when you watch basketball, whether it be uh, stand-up basketball or, or wheelchair basketball, you see, you know, when um, you have conversations with referees, you see sometimes it's the coach that takes that. You see sometimes it's the players that take that. Do you have more of a... Uh, a situation where you say to them, guys, no, this is on me, or it's okay if you have a conversation with them? Like, where do you, where do you sit on it as a coach? Well, I think that the players have to be careful about what they say. And, um, like, we don't want our players being thrown out of the game for any reason. And, and I also want their heads in the game and on to the next play, the um, – what the co- what the referees decide to do or don't decide to do is out of what I call the circle of our control. So I always draw a circle on the board and say what's in our control. So um, because they can't control that, I want them to control their own play and their own emotions. So I tend to want to handle the coaching situation or the sorry the refing situations. I feel that that's my job um, and not theirs because I want their head in the game. Fair enough. If there was a game that you're most looking forward to at Canada Games, you know, taking on a team, which one would it be and why? Uh, Quebec. <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> rivalry, a huge rivalry between Ontario and Quebec. And um, I, I feel like that's that's going to be, um, provided we get an opportunity to play them, they're not in our pool. But if we get an opportunity to play them, I think that's going to be uh, an interesting game. And why are they um, such a rival uh, to Ontario? Uh, there's been in the past Canada games, not at the last one, but in the in a couple of the ones prior to that where um, we've played them in the gold medal. And, you know, uh, there was one where we lost on the final shot of the game. 2011, we lost to Quebec. Um, you know, we've beat them also, mm-hmm. but... Um, I just think the provinces are so closely lo- located to each other. We often play in each other's provinces, and uh, so there is a bit of a rivalry going on there. I understand I'm asking you a question that uh, could be way in the future, but uh, is Canada Games four years from now still on the uh, docket for you as head coach, or is it dependent on what happens here? I think we'll have to wait that one out, Brock, and see what happens. <laughs> That's what I thought your answer was going to be, but I thought I'd answer, ask it anyways. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That was Kathy Ludwig, head coach of Team Ontario for Canada Games, which will be happening in February. As she mentioned, she will be uh, head head uh, womaning the uh, Team Ontario team for the first time uh, in her career. So we wish Team Ontario all the best, but her all the best uh, moving forward. With that, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to take a deep dive into the rest of uh, the Canadian teams that we did not touch on for the NHL. And maybe I'll pose a few questions about the Toronto Maple Leafs because we didn't touch on them last week, and we'll see what the boys say. All that and much, much more coming up after the break here on The Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Cam Jenkins and the typing Brett Wills. What the heck are you typing? A novel. Okay. Is that okay? Is this uh, your new look for 2019? Your hashtag? He's a part time uh, co host on a pro and para sports show, and uh, he's now a part time writer as well with his uh, little Apple computer there. I'm actually trying to write my memoirs, if you both should know. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that uh, won't be on any uh, top 10 uh, best-selling lists. I can guarantee you that. Well, Michelle Obama just released a book. I'm trying to uh, – I look up to her, so I'm trying to write a book just as good as she did. She did. Huh? Okay. Michelle Obama up here, Brett. Somewhere. Bottom bottom 10. Between there and the bottom. Uh, anyway, Brett, I was really impressed with you last segment. You want to know why? No. No. Yes, I want to know why. Because your your script had Dave beside it, and so you were able to still follow, even though your name is not Dave. You were still <laughs> able to follow and and figure out that that was okay. It's actually really funny because Corporate. it said Dave Q, and Dave's last name starts with R. So I got a little confused. So I'm blaming you for that one as well. Q for question? No. 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 I'm just. Uh, he thought it was Dave Quinville. Uh, Dave Quinville. That's <laughs> fine. Whatever. He's a new head coach in the NHL coming up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so last week we started taking a, a uh, dive into Canadian teams. We didn't get to some of them, so this uh, segment we're going to do our best to get to the ones we missed. One of which was the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I have a couple of questions. Based upon an article that I read this morning, are the patience of waiting for William Nylander growing thin on those fans uh, watching them because they're just impatient or because they actually have reason to have their patience growing thin? Anyone can start with that one. I think they're impatient. Uh, he's been with the Leafs uh, after the holdout for uh, how long has it been now? He had no training camp, no nothing. So I think, uh, yeah, they're just uh, pretty impatient. And uh, he's starting to get his, if you look at his game, his def- defensive game is pretty good. The way he's able to, um, you know, uh, do the back check and go into the corners a little bit. I think uh, that part is good. Uh, it's just that he hasn't necessarily got his feet moving and trying to get the goals. They just aren't going in quite yet. I think that Leafs fans were impatient right from the first day of the regular season where he wasn't in the lineup and he held out until December 1st, finally signed that contract. And I think people are just even more impatient now that he only has one goal to show in what 16 17 games he's played since coming back from that holdout so i understand why leafs fans are a little impatient that's basically uh what you'd expect from leafs nation um one thing that i was listening to on talk radio uh, sports radio here in toronto was an idea floated around that originally i was like well that sounds absolutely stupid but then as i was thinking it made a little bit more sense and Mike Babcock has been juggling the lines lately and has moved William Nylander up to a line with Austin Matthews and Zach Hyman, which they produced at a pretty high level last year, if everybody recalls. And there is a former GM in the NHL who mentioned that 
maybe it would be a good idea to split up John Tavares and Mitch Marner and put Marner on a line with Austin Matthews, because how fun would that be, not only to see Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner play together, which they haven't really done much unless on the power play in their careers with the Maple Leafs. Uh, His point was, first of all, that first line of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner would basically go up against, uh, they would basically be fighting for that top line in the NHL with the Steven Stamkos and Kucherov line, the Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monaghan line, the Nathan McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis Clog line. They'd be right up there with those types of players. Um, and then obviously with John Tavares, what you, what, when you look at what John Tavares has done in his past and with the Islanders, obviously, how he's he elevated the level of play from everybody else around him. He made Anders Lee, who I think is a good player, score 40 goals last year. He just elevates everybody around him. Why not put William Nylander on a line with John Tavares to try to kickstart him? And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, why would you get rid of the Marner and Tavares line? They seem yeah. to be clicking. But, but are you giving he, from Peter to give to Paul? Yeah. I, I think it would be beneficial to move Nylander to align with Tavares because Tavares only makes people around him better. And I'm not saying Austin Matthews doesn't do that, but Tavares is notoriously known. He took P.A. Parenteau. He He took all these guys from, look at you look at the Islanders teams from the past. Um, Pretty much garbage. Kind of, kind of, yeah, basically, and turned it into gold. So, In this scenario, would you still, sorry, have... Uh, Tavares, and then Nylander, and then Marner? I would probably keep Hyman on the line with Marner and Matthews, and then I would probably go with Tavares, Nylander, and your choice of whoever you else want on a When you got John Tavares as a free agent, though, the whole thing was putting him on a line with Marner. So if you split that up, uh, you know, you've gone back on your promise to potentially or possibly... Why not just try it? Just try it. That's like, that's all I'm saying. Give it a couple yeah. of games just to see what goes on. I don't think Tavares would mind having Nylander on his line. I mean, Nylander is no slouch. He's a good NHL player. He can score goals. I don't see a problem here. At least just, just try it. Just to try it out. Cameron, who was, who was promising who? You, you mentioned a promise. Yeah, as far as when uh, Tavares became here as a free or when he became a free agent here. Uh, I believe uh, the story or it was put into the media that uh, he was promised that he would be on a line with uh, Marner. So that has to be set in stone then. He's here for eight years. He's got to play with Mitch Marner for eight years. Why not if it was a promise? Promises are meant to be broken. Are they? Well, I mean, he's also a professional athlete. Yeah, well, he also was... Have uh, have Have you heard of Here Today, Gone Tomorrow? And have you heard that also the GM Dubas promised that uh, he wouldn't be trading Nylander either? Well, that's another story. You and well, I it's about promises. Yeah, but you, you and I aren't general managers in this league. We don't know how tough it is. Have you heard that DeMar DeRozan was promised he wouldn't leave Toronto? There exactly. you go. Like, what does a promise mean in prof- Jeff's smiling at me going, oh, you just threw that in there? Yeah, I did, Jeff, because... It, it makes sense. It's a, it's a valid but it's, point. It's, it's because I understand what you're saying by saying, well, you got to keep to the promise, but this is professional sports, man. You, like, know what, you know what the promise was? 
11 years, $77 million. Yeah. And that's that, quite potentially it as well. If you got to do whatever is best for the team, the team uh, before Nylander came uh, from doing his holdout, they were mm, going on all cylinders and they were doing great. And now they're in a bit of a funk. And that's also another what story. Is it, for, like uh, six losses out of 10 or something like that. I that, don't that's even also know what another, is, but that's another individual story on the same team. Like, I, I don't agree with how well he's been playing or how bad, sorry, how badly he's been playing. But Well, the whole team's been not playing well but, uh, lately, especially Matthews. Uh, the last game, uh, he didn't play very well at all. No. No, and the the whole, the thing is, is I think everyone thought, well, they're just playing Florida and on a back-to-back, so they should, you know, run you know, rough shop. But these, this is NHL, I'm sorry. And and, and I'm sure we want to move on to a, to a different team, but I, I just want to point out, Everybody's been dumping on Jake Gardner, and and that's fine. I, you, as a fan, you have every right to dump on on your uh, your team and whatever. But Jake Gardner has some of the highest possession percentages in the league uh, as a whole throughout this, this season. Yeah, and this is probably the only thing we're going to agree on, like this entire. Is this, so, show today, so so I mean, you know what? He he makes some really boneheaded plays, but give the guy a break. Do you know? Do you know? I. I... This is what I strongly believe that Toronto fans live by. What have you done for me lately? They don't look at the whole season. They look at the what have you done for me lately. That guy got so poo-pooed on after Game 7. And that's what they looked at, I'm so- Game 7. I'm sorry, the Toronto fans that just went, oh, you just brought that up. I'm so sorry. But it's true. He got so poo-pooed on. And, oh, he's a terrible player. And uh, you know what? If he won this, if he ended up scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal, you'd all sing his praises for 20 years. Yes, Jeff? Yes. I, I actually sort of thought of this comparison earlier in the week, and I thought it was fair. I want to see if you guys agree. Is Jake Gardner the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NHL? In the sense that one game Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL for quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He would have one game where he would throw five touchdowns, 500 yards, zero interceptions, and win the game. Everybody thinking, hey, this guy's an MVP. He's great. Unbelievable. Next game, one touchdown, four interceptions, 200 yards, and a loss. I think Jake Gardner's pretty much the same way where it's just like some plays he makes, you're just like, wow, that's unbelievable how he did that. And then some plays you're just like, Wow, what's he doing? He's certainly. <laughs> the thing is, is that people they only like to take a look at the things that he does wrong, like Game Seven where he was a minus five or whatever. And Brett was talking about this uh, earlier, I think, before the show. Five on five, he has some of the best stats. Um, there, he has more goals uh, for, and uh, he has the uh, least amount of goals against when he's on the ice. So it's a lot of other people that are having the problem, and Jake Gardner's not the flipping problem. And as far as I'm concerned, that's more of a coaching issue than it is a uh, a player issue. Uh, if you know that the the guy isn't good, either shorthanded or on a power play, and th- Jake th- Gardner, th- then, he's a then, secondary guy. He's not on the first line either. No, he's a secondary guy, and that's fine. But 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 I'm saying. If you know that he's not good on a penalty kill or a power play, and I don't know exactly if those stats uh, indicate that, but if you know something, then limit his minutes in those certain situations so he doesn't look like he's a fool on the ice. 
I before we move on to another Canadian team, there was somebody who messaged me earlier in the week and said, you know, I can't wait until Jake Gardner is gone. Well, if you're listening live or if you're listening to the podcast, can you please put it out there what it is that you that you really don't like about Jake Gardner? Because I, I would be happy to read your opinion on either next week's show or this week if you are listening right now, because I'm very interested to know what it is about Jake Gardner that just drives you crazy. We're sitting here talking about how people hate Jake Gardner. I don't understand why... I understand why Jake Gardner gets a bunch of hate, but he's like their second or third best... I'd say he's probably their second best defenseman on the team. And I think Ron Hainsey should not be on the top line, so people (laughs) should be complaining... They should be complaining as to why Ron Hainsey is still on the top plane. I just mentioned why uh, Babcock has changed up his forward lines, but why hasn't he done anything defensively? Why not shake anything up defensively? It just sort of it leaves me scratching He's my stubborn. head. Stubborn. That's why. Why are you dumping on Ron Hainsey? He scored the other night. I, he scored one, he goal. First, one goal, first goal in like what two months? First goal in like twenty three games. Yeah. Yeah. And Top like line defenseman Jake right there. Gardner, when you look at his zone exits and zone entries and a lot of other uh, plays that you need to look at as a defenseman, he's really good. Yeah. But everyone just poo-poos on Jake Gardner when, you know, he's on the ace when a goal goes in, but they don't take a look at all the great plays that he does for, like I said, the zone entries, the zone exits. Mm-hmm. I, I know we have to move on to a different yeah. team, but I, I just want to point out that Drew Doughty does the same thing. Drew Doughty is a MVP, he is an all-star, and he doesn't get nearly as dumped on as Jake Gardner. I don't think he deserved to be booed the other night, I'm sorry. Like, I think that was just not okay when he was booed against Colorado. I challenge, you know, anyone to try to be a professional athlete in Toronto with the media. It's not an easy task. Let's uh, discuss, let's go with Winnipeg. I know I got Calgary on the list here first, but uh, let's go with Winnipeg. Thoughts, Winnipeg? Well, the other night, uh, Mark Shifley was hit against uh, Nashville. Um, That that hit actually, from one angle, it looked like it was okay. From the other angle, it looked like it was an axe coming towards his neck. And could that be a, if he's uh, injured, could that be a big problem? It it could. I mean, I don't think he's injured. I, I think he's probably a little sore right now. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Johansson has been suspended for two games because of the hit. And um, that's a joke, only getting suspended for two games for that, in my opinion. Yeah, most people that I was listening to were saying at least three, um, if not uh, more than that. I, I, I got to give credit where credit Paul Maurice has done a heck of a job with this team. Like, if they don't make it to the at least conference final and really contend for a Stanley Cup this year, I would be beyond shocked. This team is playing so well. Hashtag uh, center ice. Thank you. I've been able to watch Winnipeg a little bit more this year. They've just been playing unbelievably well. Uh, It's their power play that I'm most impressed with. It's like third overall, and they're doing a fantastic job on the power play. And when you have uh, top, well, not quite top five, but top six in goals per game and goals against, there's no reason why you shouldn't be in the top of the standings and doing so well. And they're an amazing team, and credit to Paul Maurice. Uh, realistically, Paul Maurice is probably a top five coach in the league. So I, I, I don't see, or I, I understand why the, they're playing as well as they are. The other 
team that I just just one stat on this other team because I know we talked about them last week. But Ken Hitchcock is doing an unbelievable job with 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 uh, Edmonton just simply by keeping them in the conversation. They have the last power play in the league, and these guys are still in the playoff hunt. Like, how can a team with the last power play in the league have any hope in even being remotely near a playoff position? Like, it's unbelievable. Don't even get me started on the Edmonton Oilers. I think I ranted on them and how uh, I think Shirelli should have been fired long ago. But Edmonton, you're right. I think Hitchcock has come in and has done a great job coaching. And what I really like, and I've said this before on our network, is that I like how he's handled Connor McDavid in the sense where he's not overcoaching McDavid because you can't really coach a player of that skill and talent. There's nothing to coach. Yeah. Um, but he's just basically played him half the game. And that's exactly that's what, what I was going to say. Like, are they still playing 30 minutes a game? They're still playing him like 25, 30 minutes a game. And I think other teams should definitely follow suit. I mean, he's a young guy. He's 21, 22 years old. Uh, obviously, probably the best player in the league. And... Why not? Why not ride the guy? And and I, and I feel like other top players in the entire league should uh, also be getting that sort of treatment where if their team is uh, not doing so great, maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs with Austin Matthews, maybe play him a little bit more or maybe get Patrick Laine out of his bit of a slump in uh, Winnipeg as well. Maybe ride him just a little bit more, although Winnipeg's more of a deeper team. Uh, but Edmonton, they don't really have a whole lot of offense defense and how can you fix edmonton like what tradable assets do you have to be able to make that team better they i i know we sort of touched on this last week but they are apparently um leaning towards or, or they have the potential to give up their first round draft pick from this year they also have a guy who i think that a lot of teams would still benefit from having them on or having him on their team in Yessi Pugliarvi who was the fourth overall pick from that Austin Matthews draft who hasn't quite panned out a lot of people might think a change of scenery might unleash that extra little bit of potential because he was uh, slated to come in and uh, do uh, have a little bit more offensive productivity which he hasn't found in Edmonton and uh, the guy who Brett loves Kyler Yamamoto who uh, has been Doing pretty well in the minors, got called up, has uh, been injured in and out of the lineup, but I think he is a lot of potential and is a key trade piece as well. So they do have a couple of trade pieces potentially, but I'm not really sure how much exactly they have. And it's really, really funny because uh, they've got uh, two goaltenders that uh, they've either been really, really hot or really, really cold. And uh, I've heard in the last week that uh, Cam Talbot, might be on the trading block, which, uh, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but, I mean, if, if you're going to get back something that's going to help you now, then go ahead because they have Miko Koskinen, who came in from the KHL this year, this past year. He has a, a no-movement clause or a limited no-trade clause. So uh, if you're going to... They're giving those away like candy. And I guess they can if they're trying to get uh, guys coming over here from Uh, Europe. Edmonton... By the way, you all have a no-trade clause in the neutral zone. I'm just... I'm not giving you up to any other sports program, so... Well, that's what you think. (laughs) Uh, With Edmonton, like, our Edmonton listeners, beware... 
the Leafs, they were down in the dumps for 10 years, and they were trying to do the Band-Aid of making trades just to get into the playoffs. And they either missed the playoffs by a point or two or just got into the playoffs by a point or two. Don't give up your future just to get into the playoffs. Crash and burn. Well, actually, mind you, Edmonton, you did that too. You crashed and burned. And how many <laughs> first-round picks did you get? Like, like uh, four in a row or whatever that was too. And you yeah. still couldn't do it right that way. So, yeah, good luck, Edmonton. If we're all sitting here right now, if you are um, betting people, and if you want to put another pickle onion, you're already at two. You're at two. So yeah. Is that can... happening today? Yeah, oh, yeah, we still got more. We This is all NFL. Uh, but anyways, how many Canadian teams are making it into the playoffs as we sit here? Go, Brett. Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary. I think Montreal. That... I'd, I'd say Montreal can squeeze in there. Ooh. They're on a four-game oh. win streak. I think that uh, they can be a little dark horse. I was mentioning that to Andy Frank earlier today in our little sports chat on the Gazette. I think if Carey Price continues to play, he has... In 2019, since January, he's really stepped up his game and looks like the carry price of old. And we've seen in years past where he himself can literally carry that team into the postseason. I'm not saying they make a deep run, but I'm just saying that they I think they make the playoffs. You know, I'll, I'll agree with Jeff, because I remember last week I said that it, unless carry price stays healthy, it's going to be a dumpster fire in Montreal. And as soon as I said that, they started getting hot. So, yeah, yeah with carry price says, uh, um, Brett and I know a good goalie can uh, carry your team. So, And I also have to throw in, I mean, we we just poo-pooed on Edmonton as well, but whenever you have the best player in the entire universe, I think they have a, the potential to make the playoffs. And for some reason, I'm still drinking the Edmonton Kool-Aid. No way. Uh, as much as I think that they're not, making they're, they're not a great, great team. But like I said, whenever you have Connor McDavid on your team, he can just like Carey Price can carry you into the postseason, I think. Yeah, but it's a lot different when it's a goalie and that directly affects whether the puck's going in the net or not in a more direct way than uh, a forward can, personally. Here's what I'm going to say. There are um, two teams that i really not sure if they're going to make it. Well, Ottawa, for sure. They're not, no. Vancouver? Nope. Nope. Everybody else has a fair chance, and that is really good. Canada-wide, if everybody else has a chance, I'm not saying everyone's making a deep run, but everyone's got a chance. So those are what I'm thinking, everybody except for Vancouver and Ottawa. But other than that, everyone else is going to have a chance. On that note, we are going to uh, take a break. We're going to count up how many pickled onions Brett has to eat, and then we're going to see if he has to eat any more, and then we're going to get into another edition of our new segment called Final Drive right after the break here on The Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I am indeed your host, Brock Richardson, joined by the guy who's now on his phone, Brett Wills, and Cam Jenkins. You're flipping back and forth between the computer and phone. Are you just making yourself known that you're? Doing I'm just research? wondering if you've got a problem with that. No, no. I just, I'm just making sure our listeners know that you're very excited about your 
technology abilities over. I figure as long as I can carry on a conversation, it's not a big deal, right? No, 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 it's fine. I just I want to make sure that they know that you're uh, you're doing some crack research over there during the break. So I'm that's fine. How many pickled onions are we eating now? I believe it's two. Uh, Jeff uh, might uh, yeah tell me I think differently. It's, I think it's two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which ones were you wrong on? You were. Uh, I was obviously wrong with um, San Diego. Yep. Um, yeah, there goes your promo on that we air. Yeah. So I. So you know what? <laughs> Let's take, take that, that promo down. Uh, we, we can keep that promo up. I'll I'll eat a, another pickled onion just for being wrong on week one. So that's three. The, that's so three. that can be three. Do you, oh God! Are you, <laughs> why are you doing this to are yourself? You like, are you like starving for these pickled <laughs> onions or what? I think you secretly like them. Like you then, dream about and then them. What was the other one you were wrong on? Just He'll do anything for the ratings of the show. That's why he's doing it. Was the New England game Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Saturday. Sunday. Sunday at 1 o'clock. Sunday so at 1 o'clock. I was wrong with uh, Kansas City? Yes, I the, believe so. Did you say Colts over? I think so. Yeah, I know really? I know. I had two uh, written down for you. Anyway, uh, this week we got two more. Uh, games that Brett's going to bet on, plus I'm not letting him get away with the Super Bowl because then we can make him eat more pickled onions. So, Brett, starting with you, we're going to go with uh, the Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs. What do you say, sir? Uh, I'm going to say that Kansas City is going to win. It's going to be very, very tight. (laughs) I think this is Andy Reid's year to, to win a Super Bowl. Oh, that's another one. That's another one that you're just you you're risking a pickle onion on that one. I'm going with uh, the Patriots. I've tried to go against them before. I've I lost, so I'm not doing that anymore. They're gonna win. Uh, it will be very close, but they're gonna win. Cam, uh, how can you bet against the Patriots after it was like a clinical dissection of the Chargers last week. They just dismantled that team. And I know the Chargers late put up some points, but like the Patriots, they were fantastic. And I don't see them losing. So I'm picking the Patriots. I'm Can going I? with uh, Cam as well on this. I think the Patriots, as much as I hate them, and I know they're playing in Kansas City, which is going to be mighty tough because Kansas City is one of the hardest places to play. I just can't go against Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Belichick specifically always finds a way to take out one or two of their top dogs on the opposing team, and I think he'll find a way to put pressure on the young quarterback and Pat Mahomes. So I kind of like the Patriots in this one. So the Telecasters or the play-by-play guys last week when they were talking about the Saints and Belichick, he seems to do, like, different plays every game Yeah, where there's a lot of people stick to a certain game plan, play a certain way. He does, like, different plays, like, each individual game, so it's very hard to know how to stop the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You're flying solo on on that one uh, there, Brent, with the uh, Chiefs. But anyway, let's see if you're eating another pickled onion. We're going... uh, Los Angeles Rams versus the New Orleans Saints. Brett? Yeah. Your mic on would be helpful. There we go. <laughs> See, I want to... Uh... Pickled onion right there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I really want... Uh, Just give him the jar. At least 50% of my uh, week one uh, prediction to... Uh, to go through to the Super it Bowl, still makes the, it still makes the the promo alive. So 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 I'm gonna go with the Rams. 
Uh, I, li- I like the Rams too because man. they they played each other earlier in the year. It was a ten point victory uh, for New Orleans, but the Rams Todd Gurley didn't play at the level of his uh, MVP form, and the Rams did not get a sack on Drew Brees, which I think will change. They also didn't have Aqib Talib in that game, which I think is going to make a huge difference. I am with Brett on this one. I like the Rams. I like the Saints. Drew, Ble- Drew Brees played an amazing game last week. I think it's going to carry over to this week. Um, yeah. Cam? And they're playing in New Orleans, are they not? Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. So in it's going to be a victory for the Houdat Nation. <laughs> and uh, that's what's going down there. The Saints are going to win it. And uh, they're going to be going to the Super Bowl. It's time for Last Drive. Jeff's got some topics, and we're going to give you our quick thoughts on it. All right, so Cam, we'll start with you. You have one minute. Cam, Flames are second in the league in total points. Are they a legit Stanley Cup contender? Uh, Absolutely, they're a real Stanley Cup contender. Why wouldn't they be? They're top as far as the um, penalty um, kill goes. Uh, I believe they're uh, pretty up there as far as the uh, power play as well. Um, they're sitting first in the division. Um, their defense is coming around uh, very much. Uh, they've probably got the best uh, defense out there as far as all of the teams go um, in all of the NHL as far as the best defensive corps. And with um, Giordano, I believe uh, the captain of the team, uh, you know, he's fantastic as well. Brock, the Raptors still resting Kawhi Leonard on back-to-backs. Do you like this idea? Here's the thing. It's clearly been all about Kawhi this year, and it's a matter of doing what he wants, when he wants. Uh, When's the last time there's been a back-to-back in the playoffs? There's never been a back-to-back, to my knowledge. There will not be a back-to-back this year. I don't care. Rest him all you want. Uh, I don't know why... Some people say, oh, you need to have him in there. I really don't care. I don't even think I'm going to need a minute here. Keep resting him back-to-back. That's all I'm saying. And this one, last one goes to Brett. We just talked about Patrick Mahomes. Is he already, after just one year, putting up 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, already in the Hall of Fame discussion? You see, those numbers are really, really good. I feel that any quarterback that Andy Reid coaches has the capability of being a Hall of Fame quarterback, C. Brett Favre. He's also a Texas Tech alum, along with our friend in Hamilton, Johnny Manziel, and we all know how well he plays as a quarterback. I don't see him being a Hall of Fame quarterback in 2018. Talk to me again in 10 years. <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I kind of disagree. I think uh, he already is a Hall of Famer. You don't put up 50 touchdowns, 5,000-plus yards in a year. And uh, I don't think it's a fluke. Tony Romo says the exact same thing. I think he's already, in, at least in the discussion, for the Hall of Fame. I know it's really early, but I think he's going to be good for the next 10, 15 years. That is how you play our new final bit of our show, Final Drive. That is the end of our show for this week. I'd like to thank... Brett Wills, Cam Jenkins, Jeff Ryman. I'd also like to thank Matt Agnew. And, of course, our manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Tune in next week because you never know what may happen when you enter the neutral zone. Next week, we're also going to be joined by the one, the only Kelly McDonald, who is filling in for Brett Wills. So look forward for that. 
all kinds of sports talk coming up next week. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next week.